Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. We continue our study in the book of James this morning. And we are approaching the end. James chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. James chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupt, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded, and their corrosion will be a witness against you, and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. Indeed, the wages of laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out, and the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of the Sabbath. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the just. He does not resist you. Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the earth, the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. So for the past probably two months or so, we've been looking at the book of James and the, the, the practical tests of the Christian faith that we see James presenting to us and to his readers. And we continue that theme this morning in chapter 5. But now James kind of focuses on money a little bit there and the believer's view of money. And, and the portion of Scripture is really divided into two sections. Greed and patience. And it's addressed to the rich and to the oppressed people. First of all, James con- condemns the people, the Christians who, who, who people who, compl- who profess to be Christians, but really worship money. They fatten their hearts, ready for the slaughter. He tells them to look at your hearts again. Now, he's not condemning their wealth, and there is nothing wrong with wealth. But, it's how they're using their wealth. How they're using their money. Same thing applies to us today. We are a very rich nation. How do we use our wealth? James declares that judgment awaits the rich people because of their crimes. Again, what are their crimes? It's not a crime to be rich. It's that the, they have hoarded their riches. They've gained their riches greedily. They've committed fraud to get more wealth. They live a life of luxury while others don't even have enough to survive. This letter applies to us today as well. And in fact, if James were writing this letter to us today, I don't think he would just be addressing 
the millionaires club here in America. Because even the poorest of the poor people here in America have it better off than many people around the world. Our campaign for malaria in uh, Africa. (coughs) Malaria is a simple thing to get rid of. But yet they're so poor they cannot do it. Our Nothing But Nets campaign can accomplish that. A simple thing is a net. And I believe as, as citizens of the United States, we have indeed been blessed by God many times over. There's no doubt about that. But I also think as individuals, as the kingdom of God, we will be judged based upon what God has given to us and how we have either used or abused those blessings. So, if I were to ask you, do you consider yourself rich in a financial perspective, in a monetary way? Most of us here would probably say, well, not really, but we make ends meet. And based upon American standards, that might be true. We may not be rich in finances based upon American standards. However, if I give you a definition of rich as having more than you need. I suspect we're all very, very wealthy. That's how James describes rich, having more than you need. And as we pile up riches, we're not trusting in God. Now again, if you remember from last week, James isn't telling us not to plan but he's telling us to make God a part of our plans. And we should save for some things. Emergencies happen. Furnaces break. Roofs leak. Trees fall. Cars break. So we should have some savings. So we should plan. But we need to make God part of our plans. We need to trust him, as our psalmist says this morning. He needs to be a big part of our plan, a big part of our life. See, God takes care of his people. He always has. He currently is. And he always will. And we need to remember that. Think about some of the things that that Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5 through through, uh, chapter 7. He said, Do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink. Look at the birds of the earth. They do not sow or reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? God takes care of the animals. Aren't we more valuable than that? To God we are, sure. Your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We don't need to worry. We don't need to be anxious. God will care for us and provide for us when we trust him with our lives.
And like our reading again from the Psalms this morning, we can trust God. So James talks about the rich people. And then he speaks to the poor people. Typically, they were the ones that were being persecuted by the rich, ruled over by the rich. And similar occurs today as we've, we've talked about before. Typically, our politicians here in the United States are very financially rich. But he starts by telling them to be patient during their trials. And the same applies to us. We see our government doing stuff that, that we don't agree with, that we don't like. But we need to be patient. And thankfully, our government gives us and provides us an opportunity to respectfully and properly disagree and protest. But we need to be patient. We need to pray for our leaders. Again, we need to trust God. Not man, not leaders, not riches, not works. We trust God. That's what we need to do. And yes, I know it, it is especially tough. We're coming into Christmas time, and it's typically a huge spending time. Rather than a celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior, it turns into a consumer <coughs> spending spree. And it's tough to watch everyone else around you buy new stuff. They get new cars, they get big screen TVs, and whatever. It's tough. Because, it, you know, maybe there's portions of you that you know, want that too. So it's tough to see others living in luxury while you're just struggling to make ends meet. Again, we need to be patient. Trust in God. Use whatever He has given to us to further honor Him. We trust Him. We obey Him. But that's the big part of the problem. People don't have patience today. They want what they want and they want it now. That's a big reason why we're in this economic mess that we're in. People simply bought way more stuff than they can afford. They bought it on credit. They were trying to live a lifestyle beyond what their income supplied. The results of all this are not surprising to me at all. People don't have patience. They don't want to work for things. They don't want to trust in God. We need patience. And James gives us, in our scripture, he gives us several examples of that patience. He says, look at the farmer. He invests a bunch of money, a bunch of time, into these little tiny seeds. He puts them into the ground, and then he pretty much trusts God. He waits on God to send the rain to water them. He trusts God to keep the, the bugs and the diseases and the animals away so the crop will grow. And he trusts God to provide the sunshine to make the crops grow. Sure, today, it's a little bit different. Yeah, we have pesticides, we have fertilizers, we have irrigation systems. But whether or not the farmer realizes it, they're at the mercy of God. Not Mother Nature, but Father God, to make their crops grow. The farmer has to wait. They have to be patient. Crops, fruits, and vegetables don't grow overnight. 
It takes months to produce a harvest. The farmer needs to be patient. We need to be patient. James also mentions the patience of the Old Testament prophets. They were proclaiming all this stuff and the arrival of the Messiah. They didn't even know what they were talking about sometimes. They didn't understand it. But they trusted. And they spread the word. And they never actually saw the birth of Christ. Many of them were ridiculed, persecuted for the things they said and did. But they patiently endured it all. And they were proven right. They had patience. They trusted and obeyed God. And finally, of course, James mentions Job. Anytime you think of biblical patience, Job would come to mind. He was, he was being tempted by Satan. And his friends weren't much help. His wife wasn't much help. And he was pretty patient. He trusted God. And God finally showed him that he was not being punished for his sin. Some of us can probably use some patience. Even if it's just the little things in life that gets to us. Like sitting in traffic. Standing in the checkout line. We still need to trust God though. Just during those times that we show the most or have the most potential for opportunity to show that we are Christians, to show that we are believers and followers of Jesus Christ. We need to wait on the Lord for His timing is best. And you know, the the words of James really speak to us this morning, not not just on the matter of, of being rich or poor or being patient through suffering. Yes, that's all true but they speak to us this morning about the coming of Christ. The believer rejoices at the thought of Christ's return, while the unbelievers are fearful of death. God will set things right when He returns, but it will be on His schedule and on His terms. So wealth can be a blessing or it could be a curse to you. It simply depends upon your relationship with God. If you have a right relationship with God, your wealth will be used as a blessing. Not only to your life, but to others. A wrong relationship with God will be a curse for you. Think about your relationship to God this week. And think, are you blessed? And are you using the blessings you have to further bless others? Or is your wealth a curse to you? And is it causing you to turn from God? Each of us needs to look at our heart and determine if we are blessed or cursed. Let us close with a prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this practical advice on wealth and patience this morning. Help us to be like the farmers who trust in you for their harvest. 
Give us the patience that we need in our everyday matters of life. But most importantly, help us to be patient in our faith and wait for your timing as you work in our lives. Give us the things that we need for today and help us to trust in you to take care of tomorrow. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.